Hello and welcome to the Cat Maste Chronicles podcast. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from pet owners about their projects, businesses and ventures. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, founder of Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with pet owners to chat about their individual journeys and of course, their beloved pets. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by Harriet Emily. I first met Harriet at one of her wonderful sound bath events and it was an experience that opened me to a world of healing and peace. I knew I had to ask Harriet onto the show as a guest because I knew that she would have such valuable insight about the world of healing to share with us. I'm so excited to find out more about Harriet's love for animals too, including her sweet dog and pony. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today on the show, Harriet. I've briefly introduced you, but if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be great. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I am so excited to be here. For those of you that I do not know yet, my name is Harriet and I am a sound healing practitioner based in London. I host a variety of different well-being events with other modalities like ceremonial cacao, meditation, and I also work with one-to-one clients and really love sharing all of the beautiful different healing practices that are out there as a way to bring people together and to help people connect more deeply to themselves. Yes, and that's definitely something that I experienced since um, attending one of your events. So it's it's really great what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I really love it. And the space that we have in One Marlebone is just mm-hmm. so magical. And it's just such a lovely place to be every Monday as well. To have such a regular um, setup there is just so special because it really keeps a really nice kind of magical way for people to begin their week. Yes, absolutely. It's a beautiful space. Thank Um, you. No, you're welcome. Uh, So growing up, you were raised in a spiritual household. And I'm so intrigued to find out more about that because my late nan, who was into crystals and some chanting, had um, quite an impact on my life too. And I see some of her practices um, kind of continue into my life now and the interest of that so yeah please tell us a little bit more about um how how that was for you that's so lovely it's it's quite rare sometimes to have a family connection in spirituality and I do find that that really does help um for me I started going to psychic development circles um healing festivals all different types of community Uh, based spiritual practices and from the age of about five I was going to them quite regularly with my mum she was very much into um, more of the meditation and intuitive based spirituality that's how I got into card reading she's always had loads of card decks so from 
as soon as I could read, I was pulling tarot cards and working with them. And I was very lucky to have a lot of people around me who were very aware and very connected to spirituality. And I find it's a really good way to have this type of insight at a young age. But I did find that it was quite isolating too. I struggled to make friends growing up. I definitely felt like I was quite a bit of an outsider um, around the age of 10 or 11. I didn't want anything to do with it anymore. And I really just disconnected until I was 18. So it had a huge impact on my life because it gave me a foundation. But in terms of connecting to the outside world I didn't really relate to people in such an easy way because I definitely had a different perspective Mm -hmm. and spirituality didn't have the popularity that it has now but I'm very grateful to have had that knowing from a young age because it really helped me believe in it because I had experiences that I could relate to and you know I saw ghosts from a very young age so I had lots of things that really enabled me to have trust in that fact that there's more to life than perhaps we know absolutely and that's why I was so excited to speak to you Harriet because honestly I haven't really met many people like you said it's Mm -hmm. quite rare to kind of have that spirituality in your family my my um, auntie who um, passed not too long ago she was Mm -hmm. very much into the spiritualist church so yeah I've never really met anyone or spoken to anyone who who had that as well so yeah I was really um drawn to you and I really wanted to speak to you because yeah like it's just amazing that there's somebody else who who I can kind of relate to and um yeah it's about your childhood yeah I mean I think when you're really young there's a sort of um kind of I don't want I don't know if the word right word to say is magic about it yeah and, definitely and yeah that's what made it really exciting but then I guess when you start to grow into like a preteen and, and, and kind of like a young uh a young an older child then yes um that's when you know you start to feel judged maybe by others and and exactly yeah there's nobody who can relate and then I think then there's that change isn't there there's that shift when you get a little bit older as like an older teenager uh, adult that you kind of feel okay this is what I need it's it's almost like you, you need it like you miss it and um yeah that's when it usually comes comes back into your life Exactly. I find it's just so interesting when you look at growing up, um, you definitely find there's more kind of exploration when you're a young child because Mm. everything is new and exciting. But then I found when I reached the age of 10 or 11, this desire to just fit in really kicks in. You just want to be like everyone else. You want to blend in, you want to have friends. And then it changes around 16 or so where you just want to stand out and be unique and be different from everyone else that's what I really found was this interesting cycle of how the mind and the body develops um, to have all these different kind of desires and the ways that we relate to others so it definitely took me on that type of journey (laughs) yes and then um, yes tell us more about that journey because at 18 that's when Mm -hmm. you obviously decided to kind of go back into um, 
the the world of spirituality and healing um so what types of of healing um healing modalities and spiritual practices did you decide to to learn and yeah tell us a bit more about that journey yeah it's quite an interesting story when I was 18 so I'd been quite disconnected from anything spiritual um still at that point I was just finishing my A-levels I didn't really know what I wanted to do in the future and I am someone that's always felt quite a lot of pressure and a need to know where I'm going with my life what do I want to do what's my purpose here so I think that is also connected from the spirituality at a young age really needing more depth to my life and needing something that feels like it has a purpose and when I was finishing my A-levels I had no idea what I wanted to do but they really push the idea of going to university and I was like okay well I quite like fashion. I quite like creative things. Why don't I go and study fashion at university? I applied for viewings. I didn't even get to the application process, but I did go to look at different universities and I came up to London. And as soon as I kind of walked around two or three of them, I had this instant feeling of despair and just dread. I never enjoyed school anyway. I didn't like learning in a classroom style environment. It doesn't really fit my learning style. And I just kind of crashed after going to the viewings. I just burst into tears, really didn't know what I wanted to do. I spoke to my parents who were very supportive of my choice. Neither of them went to university anyway, and they were more of the entrepreneurial type. So they said, just start a business. I went and spoke to my um, tutor that I had at A-levels and said, I don't know if I really want to go to university. I think it's probably something I shouldn't do. I don't want to do it. And she just said, well, good luck and didn't give me any advice. So when I finished my A-levels, I made the decision to not go to university. And I really had no clue of what I was going to do. It was definitely a time of stuckness. All I wanted was to celebrate my 18th birthday, which sounds, you know, as you are when you're 18, it feels like a very big time. I've always wanted to go to Los Angeles, which I'm sure has a connection to how America is definitely glorified in the media and in television and film. Everyone I find has a connection to, you know, the glamour of Hollywood and wanting to go and see the stars. So I asked my mother if we could go on a trip to LA for my birthday and have, you know, a nice holiday to kind of celebrate the end of school. And we went out there. I always knew for some reason that I had to go there and I think within the first day of going there, I had quite a strange experience. Um, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but maybe blank this bit out. (laughs) But I was walking across the street and a homeless lady just shouted at me, eat a burger, you slut. It was very strange. And I freaked out and I said to my mum, can we just cross the street? I feel quite scared. And as we crossed the street, I came across a yoga studio. I went in there, I booked a class, and then it just completely changed my life. It was a very (laughs) strange 20 minutes. um, But after I did this yoga class, I felt very much connected to spirituality again. I loved the practice. I loved listening to the gong as well at the end of the class. And my parents had said at the beginning of the trip, why don't you look for products to import from the US and start maybe a business doing something like that? I was getting into health and well-being a bit too, but I really fell in love with yoga and meditation. And when I came back from this trip in LA, I went and studied um, 
kundalini yoga, which I don't practice or teach anymore. Last year, at the beginning of the pandemic or before, a lot of awful things came out about the practice. That it was a very toxic cult, and the man that created it was abusing everyone in every way possible. Lied about the yoga; it wasn't true. He was a customs officer in India, and he just kind of made up the practice. Flew to the US and kind of became a self-proclaimed guru. The whole thing was a complete sham, and. Since last year, I completely disconnected from that world, but I am very grateful that it was my introduction to finding the gong and sound healing. So that one trip when I was 18 is what really brought me back to spirituality. When I came home, um, when I arrived back into the UK, I started a daily practice of doing yoga. I did my teacher training and it just gave me a whole direction of life it, it really gave me a new idea of okay I found something I really love something I really want to do and I dedicated a lot of time to that and it is connected to the food too because when I was in LA that's where I discovered raw food vegan food it was far bigger back then far more popular mm. and I saw that it wasn't really happening so much in the UK so when I got back whilst I was doing my teacher training for yoga I started my website which has adapted quite a lot since when I first started at the beginning it was all recipes so I was just making lots of vegan recipes really enjoying the process of that and everything just kind of naturally grew and evolved over time I continued to study things I just started to build my own business and you know it's not always been easy I've always had different side jobs and all sorts to help me get by when I first moved to London but I've always done pretty much what I do today and I'm really grateful for not knowing what I wanted to do when I was 18 because it really gave me the opportunity to have a very blank slate and just let life show me what there was yeah I think that's so commendable of you to to even make that choice because at 18 you feel at the time that you know you feel older than you are I don't exactly know you. yeah you feel oh, like I'm an adult but you're not yeah. like and, and it's hard and there's so much pressure on you and it's just yeah. quite school that the education system in general is quite toxic in the way that they think that we're all kind of copy paste exactly yeah like there's no room to be unique I always had that kind of drive and and want to be an entrepreneur as well yeah I had no idea how to go about it there were no kind of like lessons in school that taught us anything exactly being an entrepreneur and um I just I didn't know what I wanted to do and it's now I'm now in a lot of debt because I've been (laughs) to university like three times without knowing what I wanted to do and um yeah but uh (laughs) what an experience (laughs) exactly and you whether or not you still do those things that you went and studied you yeah. learn other things that help oh, you with God. what you do now definitely there's always a benefit out of anything you do and if you struggle to find a good thing about something from your past have a look again because you often find that even if it's a negative situation it has helped you grow and evolve to where you are today so even when we end up doing things that aren't what we do in the future I'm still, I find very grateful for that experience because even the way I might have been taught changed the way that perhaps I share what I do now. So it is always a benefit no matter what we choose. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. It's so true. Um, but how can, for, for any newbies who, who yeah. might be listening, how can a healing session such as maybe like a sound bath mm. help someone struggling with, you know, such, you know, something quite common such as stress, for example? Yes. I think one of the reasons why I really fell in love with sound, especially even in the first yoga class I went to, was the way it just made me feel as though, and this isn't to scare anyone, but I felt like I didn't really have full control over my body anymore. It was like this real powerful wave of vibration and sound was just transporting me somewhere else or even washing over me and just taking me out of my body for a minute. And for someone that's new to that, it can sound quite overwhelming. But if you are someone that is stressed and is anxious or fearful or really struggling with the way you're at the moment, the opportunity of detachment from what's going on in your life at the moment can actually really help you get perspective. Because if you stay looking at something in the same way, you're never going to see it differently but if you take yourself out of the regular kind of way of thinking or the way that you feel about a situation you're much more likely to see it differently or to get a new idea or to just feel differently for a moment of time if you are anxious it can be so overwhelming to feel the anxiety in your body so if you go to a healing session you have someone firstly you could speak to about it you have a opportunity of time where you're listening if you're working with sound to specific instruments that are designed to help you relax you are in a unique space where it's not your familiar surroundings you really have a lovely cocoon where you can just have an opportunity to really let go or feel or express what you need to in a session and I find sound particularly works because of the different vibrations the frequencies the qualities and tones of the sounds that you listen to the gong has such a powerful wave of sound and the metal that it's made of creates more of a intense feeling inside of yourself and when you listen to that it can bring up intense feelings because it's bringing it up to the surface and I find that's a good thing because you can bring it up in a safe space and then let it go with the crystal singing bowls they're made from clear quartz which has a very high vibrational quality to it it does make you feel very euphoric and uplifted so if you're having a sound bath with the gong and the crystal bowls at the beginning when you listen to the gong that that intensity can really bring what needs to come up to the surface so that when you listen to the crystal bowls you can then bring in that soothing calming energy and I find just taking yourself on a journey listening to sounds that don't have any words thoughts or connection to them you're going through an emotional process of releasing and coming back into a state of balance and simplicity and joy it really helps you if you're going through something like stress because I'm not saying any words to make you feel differently it's purely just vibration and sound and that's why I love working with sound it it doesn't have a, a dogma it doesn't have a person that tells you you should do it this way you should do it that way it's purely just vibration and you're working with different qualities and tones of sound that you know can evoke a different feeling or emotion in your body and it's just like music certain songs make you feel happy certain ones make you feel more cathartic or like you want to move and for me sound healing because it's such a soothing way to listen to music really does help you relax so that's the way for me that I find sound really helps people with uh, dealing with certain things like stress or anxiety 
Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, and and for me personally, the first time I I did attend um, one of the events, it was actually mm. a, a movement event um, that was combined to the the sound and the cacao. Um, yeah. So at first, I I didn't I I don't know if I was self conscious, but yeah, I, I mean going into the space I hadn't really I'd been to yoga sessions before but it's very different from that but I felt so relaxed and I felt like there was nobody around me who was judging me and Mm. I felt like it was a community I almost felt like everyone was became one together and that's what I really enjoyed and it made me feel so comfortable and um, I would definitely recommend it to, to anyone Amazing. Yeah. What I love about cacao with movement is that you often find because ceremonial cacao is very high in antioxidants, but it has um, an ingredient in it that's not caffeine, but it does work in a similar way. So it makes you feel a bit more buzzed, a bit more alive. And because it really opens up the heart, I find when I drink it, I have so much more energy. So when you combine it with movement, where you're really just letting your body go, explore, and again, there's no set movement, you really just listen to your body, which a lot of people don't have that opportunity to just randomly move um so when you do that you're exerting all the energy that's building up and enjoying that process too and I find it even makes you feel quite high in a way it makes you feel very euphoric so that when it's time to lie down for the sand bath you have exerted a lot of energy so you can relax even more deeply to the sounds as well so it is really nice to have that aspect of moving but of course for a lot of people at first they're like what is this I'm scared to move like we're so conditioned to not be able to just express our bodies but once that barrier is passed people really do get into it which is really nice to see it is really nice and yes it it is I think it's it is how we have been conditioned especially in the UK I feel like when I have um kind of visited other I love traveling Mm. but it's so different within other cultures there's no you know feeling of, of of embarrassment or overwhelm people just really embrace you know what they're doing and I just exactly so inspiring I'm the same I think that's another wonderful thing about traveling when we're stuck in one place it's just like with anxiety or any emotion when we keep ourselves stuck in one place we don't get a fresh perspective whereas if you take yourself out of that situation your viewpoint changes because you see all the different ways that people live and all the different things that we can do and it gets us out of the small mind and helps us realize there are so many possibilities in the world and so many different ways we can deal with things or feel or explore or find things that we love so I think travel is so important and even just if you're dealing with difficult times traveling to a different part of the country or a different location you haven't been to or trying something different really helps get a fresh perspective agreed agreed um and laying down at one of the the ceremonies ceremonies as well I did feel quite a light sensation and particular sensation in my chest which Mm. I then discussed with my my friend who came with Mm. me and she mentions that it might have been an unblocking of my heart chakra Mm. um so tell us more about the singing bowls and chakras because I I didn't realize that that's what it was yeah it is amazing so 
firstly, because the sessions that I do at One Marlebone have ceremonial cacao, which works with the heart, it would definitely make sense that you were connecting to the chest because that's where a lot of the energy starts to open. And in terms of sound, we work with the chakra system. That's the way that I work with sound. There is a known kind of feeling that, again, it can be quite hard to sometimes connect things to science there are scientific studies with sound there are lots of them but because science debates um the reality of chakras mm-hmm. they don't really necessarily believe in them it can be quite difficult but i believe fully in the way that sound has been connected to the chakra system so we have the seven main energy centers in the body so that is the root chakra sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and the crown. So then when we connect that to sound, we work with the notes. So when I work with sound and a lot of other people connect to sound in this way, the often reference is that the note C is the root, D is the sacral, E is the solar plexus, F is the heart, G is the throat, A is the third eye and B is the crown. I have found so many times, nearly every single person that tells me I felt a sound in the specific part of my body. I then play that note that resonates with that chakra and they're like, it was that note. I don't know how I can explain that because it just happens. And whether science believes in that or not, or whether perhaps in the future, it might be something that's more accepted. I don't know. What I try to do with the way that I work with sound is always connect it to the person's experience. No person is ever wrong because they felt it somewhere, but I find it incredible to learn from people's experiences. And so many people come up to me and when I play a specific sound, they resonate it with that specific chakra. And that's without me telling them what it was. I get them to say where they felt it. I play that instrument and then tell them. So they don't know. They just tell me what they felt and what they heard. And that to me really shows how powerful sound is and how that system that was, I don't know who first realized it. I think it's because it's from the lowest note in the octave to the highest. So obviously the lowest chakra up to the highest um, really does work. I just find it so fascinating. And to me, it just also shows that sound does have an effect. It really does on the body. So that's the way that I like to connect the chakras to sound. And that's how most people do it as well. Um, But I really do find that that is just how it goes. Yes. And also we have to remember that so much of our body is made of water. Exactly. Yeah. You feel, you feel the movement. Oh, completely. We are vibratory beings. If you zoom in really, really close, we're hovering atoms and sound itself is a vibration. So sound, we don't just listen to it, we feel it. The vibrations move through our body. And because of us being such a high water content, those vibrations are changing within our body. One thing I love to do when I have people that come to train in how to be a sound practitioner with me is I always get out one of my Himalayan singing bowls and I fill it with water. And when I start to play the Himalayan bowl, you start to see different shapes forming in the water and water even starts to jump out of the bowl. 
And it's such a great way to show people that's what can be going on in your body. And there's also lots of studies called somatics. And there's one really great Instagram page called Journey of Curiosity. And they have done so many studies of playing different frequencies under colored lights that reflect down onto the water. And you see all the different geometric shapes that the water makes just by having that frequency played beneath it. So it is so powerful. And it must look beautiful. Oh, it's stunning. I really do love like just looking at their Instagram account being like, oh, wow, that could be happening inside of me. Wow. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Um, So I'm guessing the interest in tarot reading and Mm -hmm. intuitive guidance maybe came from from your mother. And that's something that you offer now. Yeah, exactly. Tell us what's, what's involved in that. Because I've been reading cards from such a young age, I've always felt very connected to them. So my godmother taught me so much of what I know today. She is an amazing, so gifted psychic and she sees so much and has really taught me a lot of different practices. And my mum as well has got so many different card decks, some of which I did steal or long-term borrow, Um, (laughs) but I have used them for a long time. And because I've been pulling cards so much from such a young age for, you know, over 20 years, Mm. I really believe in it because what I love about cards is that it's non-judgmental. They have no opinion of you. They don't know you. They don't have an agenda. They're just words on a page. And the way that I find card reading works is that our subconscious mind is so much bigger than we know. Mm -hmm. We are all intrinsically connected. We can connect to the past and the future and the present, not just this moment. And I find our knowledge expands and extends beyond right now. So when you center your mind and just open up that space and then you look at the cards face down so you don't know which one's which and ask a question, it is so amazing how your mind is guided to a specific part of the deck and that card just has such an incredible meaning and relates to your current situation. I don't know how scientifically that works. I do have some people that are like, oh, I'm a bit eerie about cards. I don't know if I really believe in it or if I trust it. And that's just something people really need to practice for themselves. I would never force someone to work with them. But all I can say is they have helped my life tremendously. It can get addictive for certain people because they want to ask a question about everything Mm -hmm. and always have an answer. But if you can create a healthy relationship with them and really ask a question when you need to know something and you're open to the answer as well, you're not going to keep pulling a card until you get the answer that you want. They really can help. So I've been doing readings for a long time, more just for myself and for friends. But I'd say I mostly started doing them really about five years ago professionally. That's because I always have a bit of anxiety around doing readings for others because you can feel a lot of pressure where people are expecting or they can be quite closed off. So I really do try to just be honest with people and make things constructive and help just guide them forwards. I don't like to say anything that is absolute because I think that also takes away people's free will. I just like to use the cards and whatever guidance that comes through to me Mm -hmm. to really help give people some options or connect perhaps more deeply 
to the situation and see a different perspective from what the cards may be saying. And I find it's just a really nice way to have some guidance that really is me not knowing anything about the person before they come for a reading and just connecting to what the cards say. And if it makes sense for people, that's great. And if it gives them a bit of clarity, that's perfect. But I never like to tell people to definitely do something because I think it's always still important for people to make their own decisions, but hopefully the cards can help put them in that direction. Yes. Absolutely. And um, it's something that I may uh, come to seek from you. <laughs> Lovely. Yes, sounds sounds <laughs> very good. Um, tell us about the crystals um, that you have for sale as well. I actually have some crystals by my Beautiful. bed. So, um, yeah, tell us tell us more about the, the, the crystals. Again, crystals have been something that I've always had from such a young age. My godmother got me my first crystal at my christening. So I've had it my whole life. It's a big piece of rose quartz. Mm -hmm. And I think because, again, I always had them around me at such a young age. I think when you're a child as well, crystals are so beautiful and they do look magical because they're in all different shapes and colors and patterns. And they're just so eye catching. And I find everyone has a different way that they work with crystals but I find you can really put an intention or a power to the stone that you work with this is more of a pagan or witchcraft tradition which is Mm. where you see that everything has the power that you give to it so in terms of the healing benefits of crystals there are meanings behind every stone that people have a lot of the kind of meanings have been channeled by someone where they created that meaning. Um, But in terms of my belief, whilst it's nice to read what a crystal represents, and that's always interesting when you go to a shop, for instance, and you feel drawn to one and then you read about it and it makes sense. I find that so fascinating. But the real power for me for crystals is finding one that you really love and feel drawn to and then putting an intention and energy into that. Because like I was saying before, we give power to what we believe in. So if you really want to give a purpose to a stone that you have or a crystal, the more you believe in that power, the more it creates that positive self-affirmation inside of you so that when you look at it when you connect to it you're reminding yourself of that belief and that could really help you create a powerful mind and a powerful thought process that's the way that I really like to work with crystals and again it does help knowing the meaning um, generally understood about that crystal so that when I have someone for a one-to-one healing and I feel drawn to a crystal it's then interesting to say I was drawn to this and this is what this crystal generally means Mm -hmm. does that make sense for you it can be quite similar to card reading so I do find that also fascinating how even if I don't know the meaning of it off by heart and then go and read up on it it relates still to that person's situation which is what someone connected to that meaning of that crystal being so it's that real connective mind that we all share Mm. yes so true um (laughs) Talking about going back to food, and I know you you spoke about, um, you know, the food, the recipes on your website, and they're obviously delicious. But do you have a favourite that you like to cook or or make? Well, 
I love chocolate so much. Really? I, I do have a bit of a chocolate addiction. I think that also helped me when I got into ceremonial cacao. Because yes. I was like, well, I just love chocolate. And <laughs> when I was making my recipes and I was creating my website, I was also selling chocolates. So I was making raw chocolate. Um, and that was something that I really loved to make. I found the process very therapeutic and it really is just such a meditative process because you're just melting different ingredients, stirring them together, pouring them in the mold and then eating them. Mm-hmm. And because it, it has raw cacao in it, the chocolate that I was making. So it did have a very similar feeling to ceremonial cacao. So this is when I was about 18 while I was making this and even not trying ceremonial cacao back then, I had the same feeling of what that creates in me. So I really love making chocolate. I find it a very therapeutic process and I can eat chocolate every day. To be honest, I had a chocolate flapjack for breakfast. So (laughs) I love it. Chocolate is happiness. I it really is. I do. It is. It is. It's so many endorphins when I when I oh, eat. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and it's really healthy too. If you eat yes. the good stuff, it's the really good. high in magnesium uh, and iron. It's great for women to eat. Yeah. So definitely. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for making us uh, aware that it is healthy because I think sometimes <laughs> you know people feel guilty, but you can get definitely really really good quality and it, it, it is really good. It gives me energy. It does. I find if I'm tired in the morning and if I start with a ceremonial cacao or if I have some raw chocolate in the breakfast or in a slump in the afternoon, I instantly feel back in the right headspace. And it's a good alternative. If, like, I don't drink coffee and I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So I find chocolate really gives me that buzz. It doesn't for everyone because it depends on your sensitivity. But if you're someone that needs a pick me up, having a really good piece of either organic dark chocolate or raw chocolate or some ceremonial cacao or like a smoothie with raw cacao. It's Mm. perfect. It is really healthy and you're getting loads of antioxidants. So they should never feel guilty about chocolate. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, After talking to you, I feel like it would be perfect if you had a retreat. Is this something that you would um, consider because I would definitely be interested. Thank you. Yes, it's something that I've actually wanted to plan this year. Wow. I I went through like back and forth with a few dates and I personally get quite nervous when I'm planning a retreat because I worry, are people going to come? Are people going to be available on those dates? How far in advance do I need to plan it? Because I've always been someone that's worked at other people's retreats. So I've done like retreat catering. I've done sound baths at other people's retreats. That's always been more of a easy intro to retreats. But I think because it's quite um, a big process to undertake as well, like on a business side of things it's a big financial undertaking too where you have to make sure that you get people that book on Mm -hmm. those are the only things that have made me fearful but I have like multiple retreats in my head planned (laughs) like the whole routine all of it because of all the things I work with and combine um I just know that a retreat would be such a lovely way for you to detach from the world for a few days, have good food, cacao, movement, um, sound healing and connections to nature. One thing I really love is going and exploring all of the interesting sites in the UK. So I would definitely, when I plan this, maybe it'll be early next year, if there's time, maybe the end of this year, uh, one that's around one of the sacred sites in the UK, things like stone circles or waterfalls or... um, 
pools of water, something like that. It's definitely what I want to create, a real immersive experience and connected to the land. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> it's so Thank exciting. Oh, I think yeah. it's wonderful. And I think people will definitely be interested. So Thank you. please keep us posted. I will. <laughs> but I'd love to know about one of your other latest ventures, the Soaking Spirit, um, which you've kindly offered our listeners 10% off with the code CATMASDAY10. Tell us all about that. Thank you. Yes. So I do have quite a variety of different things I offer with my business. I am a Gemini. Geminis tend to do multiple different things mm. at once. It's <laughs> definitely my style. I love studying new things and I love expanding. Um, in a business sense, if you are someone that is a practitioner or you offer a service, I really do recommend combining service with a product because it really does create a well-rounded offering. And I really wanted to create a product because I love aromatherapy and I find if you want to create something that's complementary with your work, think about all of the ways that your work is enhanced by other things that you combine it with. So for me, aromatherapy is such a beautiful way to enhance a sound healing or to help uplift someone when you smell beautiful aromas and scents when they walk in a room or if they come to your treatment space or if they come to an event and I created Soaking Spirit at the beginning I think uh, in the middle of the first lockdown actually um, I was basically this was quite odd but just before the pandemic came, I was sat meditating and I just got a picture of soap with a crystal in it. And I was like, I need to make a soap. People need a spiritual soap. It was very weird. And I found um, an aromatherapist who would do the kind of chemical composition of the products that I wanted to make. And we were creating the blends for what we wanted to do and making a soap was very difficult because I needed to have storage to set the soap for about three, four weeks because soap has to take time to mature and harden. And I did not have the space. We were living in a one bed flat in Angel and I said, okay, maybe not soap. So we went through different ideas of how to include aromatherapy in a product. And it was quite a last minute idea, but as soon as I got the idea of how about a rim spray, mm. it just fit so well because I was thinking, yes, it actually works so well with the events that I do. Not everyone likes to burn incense. Not everyone likes smoke. So having a spray is a great way to really give someone a powerful aroma. And I really believe in the energy and the spirit of plants. So if you're surrounding yourself with those lovely vibrations and the energy of those plants it really is also uplifting beyond the scent and the aroma and I personally find diffusers can't always be the best like they can be quite weak with the mm -hmm. scent mm -hmm. and I find I love oil burners I love burning oils but that can get quite messy so I found a spray was just the perfect way to really encapsulate a beautiful smell and have a purpose so I created two sprays. We've got the inner peace and true love. So peace, that one is there to help you really feel more connected to inner serenity, inner space, inner calm. And of course, true love is to open up the heart and connect you more to loving energy 
all around you. Hopefully in the next year or so, I'll have a few more of the scents coming out. But for now, those are the two that I really wanted to start with. And I find they're such pure, high grade, really quality blends of oils. They're just such a nice way to have scent that also isn't toxic because a lot of sprays that people have are filled with chemicals. And I really did want to create something that was completely natural and worked with really high quality aromatherapy. Perfect. I'm already thinking this would be a great Christmas gift. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because my sister, she has um, kind of allergies and she has asthma, so she has to be Mm. careful with the chemicals and stuff. But if this this sounds perfect for her. Yeah, and my boyfriend, he has asthma and he's absolutely fine with the sprays. So they're really like beneficial in so many different ways for people. Perfect. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to my favourite part of the show being pets. <laughs> so yes, can you tell us about your life and journey with pets so far? Yeah, I mean, we've always had pets. So since I was born, we always had lots of cats. Oh. And my oh, one of my cats, when I think she was about six months old. So this is before she got spayed. She escaped in the middle of the night and came back pregnant. And yes, it was a bit of a whirlwind. And she came back and had a litter of, I think, four kittens. I think my parents sold two of them and then we kept two. And my mum already had a Siamese. So for the majority of my life, we had four cats. Um, All of them have sadly passed away now, but they did all live to nearly the age of 20, which is really good for cats. Um, we always had horses as well I think I got my first pony when I was 11 I grew up in the west country so for a lot of people it could sound quite random having a horse but most people (laughs) do have them in Somerset it's quite quite a normal thing and we had four horses again the majority of my life Um, my first pony really sadly passed away on my GCSE results day when I was 16 that was really upsetting and I loved her so much but she did live until she was 33 so that's really amazing amazing. yeah and we still have the other three horses and they live with my mum and she still rides all of them my pony which is nutmeg she is 26 now um yeah and I think the other horse which is my mum's is 25 and I think the other horse that's also arms is about 20 so they've all lived a really long time and it's just amazing and then of course we have tiger lily who is my dog I love her (laughs) so much I've had her since I was about 11 so I think she's about 14 now um she's such an angel she lives with my mum obviously when I moved to London it's quite difficult Mm -hmm. to get a pet So whenever I go down to Somerset, I see her and she is just an absolute joy and she just fills me with so much love. You know how whenever you just need a cuddle, your animals are always there to just give you that unconditional love and support. Yes, they're they're wonderful. We're so lucky to have them. We really are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you believe that animals have a spiritual connection? And if so, how? I definitely think so. I think a lot of animals are really just pure consciousness and pure love. They don't really have an agenda. They just, especially dogs, a lot of people find they connect to them in that way. They just feel so much love. But I find it's the same with all animals. If you connect your heart and see them as sentient beings, which quite a lot of people don't, um, you can actually see that all animals can connect to you in the same way that a dog or a domestic pet might. And 
my pony, Nutmeg, mm. she has always been quite a stubborn, grumpy horse, but we've always bonded in our own really special way. Like I really always admired that she wouldn't take any trouble from anyone. She would really just be like, nope, I'm not doing it. I really loved that. <laughs> and one time I remember just feeling really upset about something. And I went outside and I sat on the wall, which was next to the horse's field. Yeah. And she was all the other end of the field and she walked all the way up to find me and then just put her head in my lap. Ooh. And it was like she knew. And she again is not an affectionate horse. She will not cuddle anyone. She really just isn't in the mood most of the time but when I was in this moment of need and you know I was very quiet I just went and sat down she found me and she just really opened my heart when I needed some help that day and I find animals really are just pure spirit they are such lovely lovely beings and we're very lucky and grateful to share a planet with them yeah we are um, mm. my cat Jerry actually passed on in 2020 um, mm. the first few weeks um, we experienced what I believe was his spirit returning to us wow. on the occasions like for example there's a place in our kitchen um, mm. where we always used to go and um, sometimes uh, we'd put boxes there or, or bags and um, yeah. they there were some times where they just fell like by themselves wow yeah and I was I I wasn't fearful I was I was happy Mm. I was happy that I felt his presence and yeah um, it it was beautiful so I don't know if you or anyone you know have had an experience of maybe an animal passing and then then feeling their energy or, or their spirit oh definitely I personally haven't had that same connection with one of my pets. I felt sometimes as though they're around me, but this one specific time when I saw the spirit of an animal was when I was at, this was the house where I saw the most kind of spiritual activity. Mm. I was just like in the corridor and I saw a cat sat on the top of our, I think it was like a bookcase. Mm -hmm. And I'd never seen this cat before. I watched it sit. And then I think I watched it jump down and then it just disappeared. I had no idea who this cat was, Um, (laughs) but it's amazing. And I know my godmother has told me so many stories of when her animals have passed away and she's seen their spirits in the garden or in the house. And she's really felt comforted by that because she's very connected. So she really has experienced that. And it's just so lovely to hear. I definitely do believe in it. Your godmother sounds like a wonderful lady. (laughs) She really is. (laughs) Um, why do you think, I mean, I, you know, sometimes it's a no brainer question, but mm. why do you think having pets in your life is good for your health and well-being? One thing I find is that animals are just so different to humans mm. that when you're struggling with people, animals have such a different way of being. So if you're struggling with your day, if you come home to your pet, they're so disconnected from that type of world that we live in. They're just very much in the moment and very present. And it can really help you feel as though you have company that is just very positive. So, you know, if you snuggle up with your cat on the sofa, they're really just enjoying being with you and perhaps having a little scratch on the head. And if you're with your dog, when you come home again, they're so excited to see you. And I really think it helps people feel reminded that there is love in the world and that you are loved and that there are ways to experience unconditional love. So true. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. And yeah, completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so what's on the cards next to you in terms of animal friends? I know it's quite difficult in London to have pets, but do you have any mm. desires to, to have any pets? Or I would love to get a cat or a dog. The only issue is with our work and with my work as well, I am out and about so often mm. that I wouldn't want to put a pet in that type of situation. Yeah. So my goal is when in the future we've perhaps settled down a bit more and we have a house that we've bought and it's probably yeah. not in London. I just want to rescue lots of animals, rescue oh. chickens, goats, donkeys, you name it. I would just love a little kind of sanctuary. Yes, yes. And then you can do retreats there as well. Exactly. Yeah, I'd love a retreat with animals. Like that is something oh, definitely. I've always wanted to go to and I've been looking mm. for, so that would be perfect. Yes, that's definitely in the kind of plan for us. We would love for our future house to be a real retreat space. And it would just be great to do like a sound bath with chickens or a cow. (laughs) I would love that. Oh, amazing. Um, But thank you so, so much for talking to me today, Harriet. It's honestly been such a pleasure. I've really enjoyed listening to everything you have to say. And I've really connected with everything you've said as well. So thank you. Thank you. I've loved it as well. It's been so fun and so lovely to chat. Thank you. Um, But lastly, if our listeners want to find out more about you and your accounts online, where can they find you? So the easiest way I would say to find me is through Instagram. That is underscore Harriet Emily as my username. You can also have a look on my website, which is harrietemily.com. And that has all of the links to my social pages. If you are interested in Soaking Spirit, again, you can just type into the website soakingspirit.com and you'll find everything there. Perfect. I will also link those into the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We have some amazing guests on the show who share such invaluable advice, stories and inspiration. Can you do me a favour? If you like this podcast please could you rate, review and subscribe. This will help us reach people who can benefit from listening. Another way you could help is if you could tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast too. See you next week. Goodbye.